This is the John Oakley Show podcast. It is a great day for talk radio. In Quebec, uh, perhaps some of the situation hasn't yet crested, but uh, this woman whose viral video uh, is the rage now because she was kayaking through her own home in the Lake of Two Mountains region where uh, a dike burst and it flooded the community and there have been at least 6,000 people at last word uprooted from their homes, uh, told to evacuate. The situation is rather precarious uh, and it's happening all too frequently. And so is it a case of perhaps uh, we have to rejig our thinking when it comes to where people choose to live in their domiciles, their homes or their cottages? Pascal Biron is a professor of geography, planning and environment at Concordia University in Montreal. And she's joined the Oakley Show at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Pascal, comment ça va? Ça va bien. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. So the situation, as uh, serious as it is, I mean, uh, people being displaced, so on and so forth. I want to start with something that I hear from some folks who are rather less than sympathetic, saying, well, you know, uh, that's what you get when you build on a floodplain. What's your reaction to that? Well, you have to be a bit careful because not everyone uh, was actually aware that they were they were living in a high-risk zone. Uh, we... we we have uh, flood maps in certain areas. They're not always up to date, and there are areas where uh, this information was simply not made available. So, so there are, yes, cases of people who knew, or perhaps there was a cottage that they've transformed into a, a house, and they knew that it was frequently flooded, but not everyone was properly informed of the risk. Uh, and because we had a long, around the uh, Ottawa River, we had many decades where there were no major floods, we had some in the 1970s, and then it was relatively quiet for an extensive period of time. Uh, people just forgot about the risk in some cases and were not properly informed. Sometimes the insurance companies will bring you up to the, the minute on these things. They won't insure if you're on a floodplain, or will they? Yeah. It's, it's, well, in Canada, we don't have, uh, well, certainly in Quebec, um, they clearly uh, are uh, very few insurance companies that would... Uh, insure these people, but uh, yeah, it's, it's overall uh, a problem that we don't have a very good system for insurance. In, in Quebec, effectively, it's the government that becomes the insurance company of the people in these areas because they're compensated for uh, after the, the floods, as we have seen after 2017. Well, and previous floods. And, well, even now, Premier Legault has uh, said he'll only offer a cumulative uh, total of 100000 to any home damaged by flooding and uh, 200000 to give for to people to give up their homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds to me like uh, he's putting in greater restrictions or prohibitions. Yes, indeed. And, and this is, a, I think most people, including myself, see this as, as positive that the government is putting more pressure on people living in these high-risk zones um, because in the past we had big floods in 2011 in the, in the Richelieu uh, River in Quebec uh, where at that point the, the government literally told people, it's fine, you just go back to where you were and we'll compensate. Uh, that was a really wrong message uh, and we were quite upset, uh, us being the scientists working in on flood issues at the time. Um, in 2017, already there was a bit more uh, proactive measures to say, well, if you have damage over 50% in your house, then you will not be allowed to rebuild. Uh, and now it's pushing this further because economically this is not sustainable. Clearly, we cannot do this uh, every two, three, five years, whatever the frequency will be. Um, so it, it makes sense. But in reality, it may not be that simple for 
all these people, because we do have a lot of people in these high-risk zones uh, to move. Uh, so we'll have to see perhaps locally how to implement uh, measures to convince people to, to move. But um, I suspect that it will not be easy, but at least we're moving in the right direction. Again, with Pascal Biron, Professor of Geography, Planning and Environment at Concordia University in Montreal. Uh, so with your background in planning, and uh, you've suggested, you know, you've been involved in this kind of, I guess, disaster mitigation, uh, the government, the federal government as well, has earmarked $2 billion for a 10-year disaster mitigation and adaptation fund. The Prime Minister is saying that uh, once we secure the situation through the spring flooding season, we'll have to have significant reflections and conversations on how we move forward. Uh, in your worldview, I mean, if I put you in charge, or he did, uh, how would you go about addressing this with that $2 billion? Well, there are many, many things that can be done uh, in a better way, and we, we should certainly look at Europe for a source of inspiration, because they had an, a flood directive since 2007, uh, and they really, really have progressed greatly in terms of doing a better job not just uh, during a crisis, but really uh, rethinking the way uh, we manage uh, the areas near rivers, giving more space for rivers. There are countries like the Netherlands, where it's called room for the river, uh, in England, making space for water. There, there, there are a lot of initiatives that have looked at the problem very differently, more of a natural flood management approach. Um, so all these uh, ways of managing floods at the watershed scale are really inspiring. And so we, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. We have good examples to follow. We were just behind because for whatever reason, we, I guess we were in sort of denial mode for many years about their, this is the number one natural risk floods. Uh, and we, sh we should have been a bit more proactive. But now I think with this money, we, we will be able to change and hopefully catch up on the countries that are doing a better job uh, in the near future. Well, it seems like Mother Nature can also be humbling uh, because, you know, we've compromised wetlands. Would you not agree with that? And urbanization has also led to a lot of unintended consequences. Absolutely. And that's what we're realizing now. We're paying for the errors made in the past that we were just not realizing the importance of riparian wetlands, particularly but also, you know, allowing people to build houses in, in very risky zones is extremely costly. Uh, so, yes, we, we really uh, know what to do. It's just that when people are already there, it's not that straightforward. In, in the greater Montreal area, say, uh, houses are worth a lot. Uh, there's not much space for people to go elsewhere. So we, we will have to, to be a bit creative and think of solutions that work and Know, where people will accept those solutions as well, because um, if you put yourself as the, the owner of the house, um, how would you react if you're told, here's $200,000 and good luck? Um, you probably would not react very well, particularly if you were not told prior to buying your house that you were in a flood zone. So we'll have to work together, not to impose a one-size-fits-all approach, I think. Well, and, and some of those uh, mansions on Il Bazaar, I don't think 200000 is going to do it. But, you know, is it a case, too, of the infrastructure has to be improved? I wondered about this dike that burst on Lake of Two Mountains uh, and even the dam at uh, Bells Falls. Uh, you know, is that a consideration or concern? Maybe these things aren't up to where they need to be standard-wise? Yeah, and it's part of the solution. We, there are areas where when people are already built there, we, we have to see whether we can protect them because it would be just impossible to move everyone. 
uh, dikes. Uh, we, we have seen uh, examples elsewhere with Katrina, for example, in the United States. Uh, it, it, it gives the people a, a wrong impression that they're safe. Uh, but once you exceed the, the limit of a dike, and, and we just don't know in the future what type of extreme events we may uh, see. So we have to be very careful to reconsider perhaps how they are uh, designed and can they sustain events that we haven't seen yet. Uh, so there's a lot of work to do on that side as well, yes. And so in Quebec right now, I guess, are things subsiding or you're not out of the woods yet, so to speak? Uh, I don't have the full portrait because there are a lot of areas, but the, the Ottawa River, I think, is still uh, going up. Um, but we probably are getting close to reaching the peak. The fact that it's not too warm helps because there's still a lot of snow in the northern parts of the Ottawa watershed, particularly. Um, and if, it, if the temperature goes up quickly, then that's, well, even if it's not raining, that will bring still more water to the system. So... I, I I don't have to say exactly the details, but I think it's we're getting close to uh, the peak, and after that, it will take a long time though for all this water to to go uh, out of the system. So the, there are weeks, uh, tough weeks ahead of people uh, that are flooded now. Uh, so, yeah. Now, whole communities uh, yeah, are going to have to regroup and uh, reconsider. Pascal, really appreciate your perspective on the matter. Thank you for your time. You're welcome. You got it. Pascal Biron, Professor of Geography, Planning, and Environment at Concordia University. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 